The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. I'm your host, Andrew Lenz, and I'm solo today. <laughs> um, it seems like I get a guest and then I'm solo, but I am solo today. And if you've uh, checked out the page, I am going to be going over a film series, not like kind of like the ones that we did last week there with Star Wars or Harry Potter, or you could even say, uh, Back to the Future kind of fits into that little bit of a film series mold. I'm going probably, I would say a Lost series. I don't think too many people talk about nowadays. Or, but I'm going with Police Academy. Uh, Police Academy was a move. The Police Academy movies were something that I loved as a kid growing up. And recently, during these times, there's not really much to do. Uh, cruising through Netflix, you know, can't really go outside too much or anything like that. So I recently had my kids watch Police, Police Academy, the first one. And then so I decided to watch them all because all of them are on Netflix right now, one through seven. Um, and I realized that my memory of these movies were not exactly the same. And a lot of them blended in with each other. So, pretty much, just to give a little recap, is Police Academy is seven movies that spanned ten years from 1984 to 1994. Seven movies. And made 537... Oh, I'm sorry. Five... million in the box office. So, you know, they were pretty popular movies and everything else. And they had some great moments. Uh, There was a TV series. I'm not going to be talking about that. I don't think I've ever watched the TV series. There was a Police Academy cartoon. I watched a little bit of that. That wasn't too bad. Um, don't remember much of it. I remember the toys were pretty wacky. So that was always cool. And everything else. And that's pretty much it. So without further ado, I'll go through each Police Academy movie. And go over it. Kind of little brief on what I thought about it. So we have the first Police Academy movie that came out in 1984. Just accurately titled Police Academy and pretty much Steve Gutenberg is the star and you got Kim Cattrall and Bubba Smith big time football player and those guys and pretty much centers around Steve Gutenberg Steve Gutenberg's character Carrie Mahoney gets into some trouble um, and he pretty much is told that he could go to jail or he could 
go to the police academy because all of a sudden a police academy due to the shortage of police officers decided they were dropping all requirements gender body weight skin color or age remember this is 1984 so you could get a little bit crazy in there so that's what they're doing and you know he gets into some trouble and he goes there and he meets some other cast of characters you know you got one guy that was bullied and Leslie Barber we got Mr. Larvel Jones who is his private physician that he meets right before he goes um Bubba Smith is Hightower Hightower was a great character I loved Hightower Kim Cattrall is also in this one playing Cadet Karen kind of like Mahoney's love interest so that's always good and then my favorite character throughout all the Police Academy movies is Mr. Eugene Tackleberry, who is this crazy security guard in the beginning of it. And then we have Douglas Frackle, who is just this accident-prone person but doesn't really realize what is going on when he makes the um, problem. And then you got little pocket hooks like this, and I'm talking like that for a reason, because that's how she talks. But I'm going to tell you how she gets real loud later on in the movie. Okay, so that's just like kind of a little bit of the cadets and the people that you should kind of know. Um, and then, you know, the Academy is run by Commandant Eric Lassard, uh, Sergeant Callahan, if anybody remembers Sergeant Callahan. You know, the, the typical 80s hot blonde <laughs> going there. And they're all led by Mr. Lieutenant Harris. So there you go. And so just wackiness ensues throughout, you know, pranks. Um, hookers brought in to mess stuff up and everything else. Um, it's a really good movie. So they... Pretty much it's just pranks and it's Mahoney trying to get out. And Harris wants him out. And Harris tries to break him and he's got his cronies that also try to help, you know, get McCone Mahoney to quit. But he can't quit because he was the captain that was his dad's friend. Said that he wasn't going to let him quit. And he talked to Commandant Lassart who said he wasn't that he couldn't quit so pretty much um in this movie there's some great little uh pranks um one that is a classic staple of it is they kind of go off on like a little vacation or liberty as i guess you could call it if you were ever in the military or anything like that and harris knows that there is going to be a party because there's always a party so they bully the one guy, Leslie Barber, into letting him, you know, telling him where it's going to go, his little cronies, Blanks and Copeland. And Barbara, Leslie Barbara, <laughs> goes and asks Mahoney where it's at, and he says, yeah, it's at, it's at the Blue Oyster Bar. Well, they go there, and it ends up being a gay bar. <laughs> so that's one thing that always goes on this is 84 this is 84 please don't hammer me down don't do anything but you know he sends them to 
a gay bar, and there's a lot of racial tones to this in a way. And, you know, I was watching this with my kids, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't think we could ever do this. We're not doing this one. So, but they finally, you know, there's a riot that breaks out just to kind of end this movie. Um, and they need to go out there and they get told that they're going to be put in a place where they would be far away from the riot, but it ends up going in, you know, it goes into the area, riot breaks out and obviously they save the day. And that's when little hooks says her patented catchphrase. That she says in most of the movies. And she says, don't move, dirtbag. <laughs> Sorry if that's a little loud, but that's how she gets. But, you know, just typical crazy, crazy pranks. Mahoney falls in love with um, Karen Thompson, played by Kim Cattrall. And then pretty much you don't see them again. Uh, Larvel Jones, he's pretty much just... A human beatbox makes anything if you guys remember him if you've ever seen the movies and uh, you know it's pretty good it's it's this is pretty good this is a pretty good movie it's it's decent you know and everything else another classic part is Bubba Smith very tall football player and he needs help from Mahoney and they get into this little tiny car and he rips out the front seat and he gets to sit in the back and go from there so that's pretty much that movie in a nutshell. Um, it's a good movie. A pretty classic and everything else. So let's go on to our next movie in the Police Academy series. I'm trying to keep this moving as much as possible. Because there's, there's a lot of good ones. So the next one came out in 85. And it changes directors and also writers. There's a lot of change and what goes on here the producer pretty much stays the same so now we're going with police academy 2 the first assignment the newly graduated cadets are sent to a terrible precinct where they need to help improve the city conditions and we get a new kind of villain in this where lieutenant harris was the villain in the first one we get lieutenant mauser and you know he wants he doesn't want anything to happen to make this precinct better because he's trying to make a deal so he can take over the precinct and kick out Commandant Lassard's brother from doing it. I'm going to tell you right now, this is my favorite one. This one is a definite watch. Um, so they go in there and you got all these new cadets and Mauser is going to be horrible tomb and everything else and one of my favorite things in the whole entire movie uh, one of the best pranks because they play some really good pranks on him um, Mahoney's new partner is this slobby guy because Mahoney's still in this we still got the regular guys but we don't have a Leslie Barber we're only going to deal with Mahoney, Hightower, Tackleberry Jones, Freckle, and Hooks in this. So pretty much those are the only carryovers from the first one other than Commandant Lassard. 
and this one okay let me just go let me rewind this a little bit okay so this one there's a terrible gang it's destroying the neighborhood and everything else and the gang leader is played by a great actor <laughs> bobcat goldwade and he's he's pretty he's pretty funny in this um so they get into this whole situation and they get these partners that are very offsetting to them and they need to pretty much so clean up the streets or they're going to lose their jobs so mauser a way to get back at mahoney sends them to patrol a tunnel and it's disgusting they're breathing in just straight exhaust and they're covered in soot and this is one that i remember from a kid this prank so as a revenge mahoney takes tackleberry's epoxy resin that he was using to um patch up his helmet and then it hardens so he puts that in Mauser's shampoo bottle so Mauser's washing his hair and all of a sudden it starts to harden so his hands get stuck in there and he walks around this whole entire precinct naked with his hand stuck on his head and there's nothing he can do about it another great prank in this is once again the blue oyster bar comes into play you know a little bit of a humiliating thing there considering we're dealing with the mid 80s and gay thing but then you got money issues a body cavity search on mauser and it goes from there so that's pretty good but this gang is great led by bobcat goldweight and another great one with him in there is they decide to throw a carnival to get people to come into the city to, you know, things up. And then you see the gang come up, and Bob Kegelway's talking, oh, you know, he's like, I, I love carnivals. I'm trying to do his voice, but I can't. And um, he's like, is it going to be a Ferris wheel? And they're like, yeah, look, there's a Ferris wheel. He's like, I hate Ferris wheels. <laughs> they're like, they, they scare me. And he's asking these guys if they'll go on these these thugs that are in his group if they go on to the ferris wheel with them so that's i mean that was a really great part in it that you know he was this horrible ruthless leader but <laughs> they always made him a softer side uh, one thing's going around facebook right now is where they go into the grocery store and they just tear up everything and he yells into the microphone i need beer now and they go through everything but at the end he goes you got a really nice store here i'm trying to do the voice it's like you got a really nice store here i really found a lot of good bargains <laughs> so i mean that that's a great thing that i really like this movie has a lot more memorable moments but like all the movies you know everything looks good and then everything falls apart as they start cleaning up the streets but then they don't do it right so they gotta let all the people out and then you know let's uh, captain lassar gets fired commandant's brother mahoney gets kicked out and they infiltrate the they find out where the gang is they break them up you know and that's everything at the end when they're cleaning stuff up it's very fast pace it's normally in the last 20 minutes of a movie so there you go 
that's pretty much that. Um, at the end of the film, I forgot about that. Tackleberry has a hilarious scene with his partner, uh, Kirk Kirklands, who is a female. Well, obviously, he's a female cop, and they both click together because they both love guns and everything else. And there's a hilarious scene where they're, as they're undressing, you know, for adult time, they got millions of guns just flying all over the place. They're pulling them out of their boots and every place that you could think of without getting too crazy. And, but at the end of the movie, they end up getting married and they drive off (laughs) in Bigfoot. Classic 80 staples with the Bigfoot going there. But there is, that's pretty much Police Academy 2, their first assignment in a nutshell. Uh, this is my favorite one because I think it's a little bit, I think it's funnier than the other ones. And they're not so much police heavy, but they're kind of actually doing police work, even though it does say Police Academy. So there you go. Now we're going to move on to the third movie. And these things were banged out for six years straight. Just boom, 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 pretty much. Our next one is in 1986, Police Academy 3. And that is back in training. So, premises of this, a little summary. Um, and for the beginning, in the um, budget cuts are happening. And there's two academies, but there only needs to be one. And one is led by Commandant Mauser, and the other one led by Commandant Lassard. So Mauser and his lackey Proctor, who is also in the other movie that I forgot to mention, kind of like the dim-witted guy that tries to carry out the plans, <clears throat> get our good friends Copeland and Blanks from the first one to try sabotage Lassard's Academy so they can get it done. And that's pretty much where it goes from there. So we got so we bring back some guys from there. So we got our man Sergeant Mahoney who got promoted, Sergeant Hightower, Sergeant Tackleberry, Sergeant Jones, Lieutenant Callahan now, Sergeant Hooks, Sergeant Frackle Frackle Flackler can't even say his name right. He's not a big... I, his character's funny, but it's not anything crazy. And we got Commandant Lassard. And we're going to bring in some cadets here because they're back in training. Not our Lassard Academy guys. He brings in these guys to help him out. And, you know, we get Fleckler's wife, Sweet Chuck, who is from the second one, who's a store owner that... Bobcat Goldway character is Zed Tortured. We get an exchange cadet, Tomoko Nagata. We get uh, Mahoney's brother-in-law, Bud Kirkland. And we get Zed, who is completely rehabilitated, and he's coming in. And we get a couple more with Karen Adams and Cadet Hedges and Cadet Sarah. So those are just kind of, those last couple ones are kind of minor in there but that is what we got going on so in this one they're pretty much trying to get everybody 
or Mauser's trying to shut down Lessard's academy. And it's going, as you could tell, always going pretty good there. But Sweet Chuck is with Zed in there. And they're not getting along at all. And he's not happy with it. Because Zed is great. If you watch any of these movies, you got to watch them if they're going to be with Bobcat Goldway. Bobcat Goldway is a lost treasure. Like, like Pauly Shore. Okay? I'm just going to go there. <clears throat> so, we got these guys. And everything else. And all of a sudden, everything's going to get shut down. You know, typical mayhem and the pranks and everything else. I don't, I don't have anything too memorable in this one. You know, you still get the Blue Oyster Bar from all the other ones. But they have a party, per se. There's a party, and the governor and everybody is there. And two guys from Mauser's Academy is there. One guy is from Lassard's Academy there. And all of a sudden... It is taken over. And that is when Mauser's guys faint. But don't worry, Lassard's characters pop in because they hop on some jet skis because they're way off on another island and they can't get to it with a boat. So they hop on some jet skis, chase down these villains, take them all out. And there you have it. The end of Police Academy. Can you guess what the final result is? Yes, Mauser's Academy is shut down. Effective immediately. And since they stopped the robbery at the party, Lestard's Academy stays open. So that is pretty much the end of it with the graduating class. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Like I said, a Bobcat Goldweight's in it. It's got to be pretty decent. So now we go to 1987. We go Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, where the Commandant Lassard sees, this, sees the police force as overstaffed, overworked, so he starts a voluntary civilian program to work aside with the police officers called Citizens on Patrol. This one has a pretty big star in it in one of the COP program members. And that guy would be Kyle Rumford, played by David Spade. Yes, David Spade was in a police academy movie. So, they're in the academy in this one. And here we go. So, we still get our Mahoney fix. We get Hightower, Jones, Tackleberry. Sweet Chuck's now an officer, and he's working at the academy. We're going to bring in Lieutenant Callahan. We have Hooks in this one as well. Again, we're going to bring in Tomoko Nagato. He was our exchange. Proctor's back, but no Mauser. No Mauser? We're, we're going back with Captain Harris. We got Commandant Lassard and Zed. And we have Tackleberry's wife back in this one. So there you go. And we also have Sharon Stones in this one. Plays Claire Matson. Matson. And there you go. But we got some great guys going on here. 
We got Mrs. Feldman, who's this delightful old lady that loves guns and everything else. So then you have, you know, all these other cadets in there. And the reason why David Spade and his friend Arnie Lewis is in there is because kind of like a Mahoney situation. They get taught. I'm going to have a beer while I do this too. They get caught skateboarding. 80s movies and then they do a whole skateboarding montage there we also get a new guy in there his name is tommy house conklin who is a big dude and he knows hightower from when he was a kid so that's that all right so they all get trained uh, Mrs. Feldman, you know, she fires like a 44 Magnum and everything else that Tackenberry normally has on him. Um, this one's okay. Not too bad. It's got Bobcat Goldway. He kind of plays. I'm, I'm going back to him because he stands out. And, you know, he got, he got upset at one point because he got knocked into a pool and his Mickey Mouse watch broke. That's what I love about his character so much. Is he supposed to be like this hardcore type in-your-face guy, but then they get him like really sensitive um, and everything else. Same pranks. If you notice anything about these is they're pretty much all the same. Kind of almost the same pranks. Mahoney super glues Harris's meg megaphone to his mouth. And they go from there. Um, once again, they start doing all these premature arrests. They get in trouble for it. And then there's a jailbreak. So they get the COP volunteers. And they start going through and wrapping everybody up. And that's pretty much about that for Police Academy 4. As you can see, they get kind of downplayed and get a little crazy. It's pretty much the same thing, but if you like just good 80s comedies, I would say definitely check them out um, because they are good. Now we're going to get to the point where it gets a little... I would say they hit their peak at Police Academy 4, and then we go into Police Academy 5. Assignment Miami Beach. So, here we go. We have no Mahoney in this. And that's where it kind of gets taken down. This one's a little... I don't know about this one. But we're going to bring back Mr. Larvel Jones, Tackleberry, Hightower, Hooks, Callahan, House is in this one. Uh, Commandant Lassard is in here. We got Harrison Proctor because we need that. And then we get kind of the new Mahoney character. No more Steve Gutenberg, because I believe he was filming Three Men and a Baby at this point. That's Sergeant Nicholas Sard. And I think they tried to reignite something there, because once again, it's pranks. But what happens here is there's some jewel thief, and they get put into... Um, their bag gets switched with... Commandant Lassards. So the bags get switched. 
and Lassard kind of ends up with the wrong bag because the bags look the same. Another little classic 80s misadventure there. And the reason why it's Mission Miami, I forgot to tell you about that, is because... So Lassard is in Miami to um, do... To get an award before he retires. <laughs> and he's chosen as the police officer of the decade. So that's how why he's there. And everything else gets mixed up. This one's not that great because there's no Mahoney. Um, pranks are played once again. But it's not... This is where the drop-off happens. Big time. It's not as good as the other ones. Um, the storyline gets a little even more chintzy and ridiculous. Um, once again, last 20 minutes, everything happens. Hightower saves the day in this one. My man Bubba Smith, Hightower, saves the day in this one. And there you go. That's pretty much about it. For Please Academy, I'm doing it real quick because I'm trying to keep podcasts down more. If you want to hear more, please let me know. Um, nothing stood out for me in this movie other than because we got House. When they're on the airplane, they do the classic little thing. Um, House is a big guy. He stands up, he walks to the other side of the plane, so they make, like, the plane tilt over, and there you go. So, that is Police Academy 5, <laughs> Assignment, Miami Beach. Um, this is a pretty good one. It's Okay. It's okay. Now we're going to go Police Academy 6. City Under Siege. Uh, this one just does another classic plot line. Um, kind of reminds me of the second one in a way. Uh, there's a lot of crime in one area. And they these guys get called in as kind of like a special force to take it down they're called the wilson heights gang and they just start destroying things so this one we get nick lassard back no steve gutenberg steve gutenberg's gone from these series so we still get larvell jones tackleberry hightower hooks callahan commandant lassard captain harris and proctor and a frackle frackler makes his comeback appearance so this one is there's robberies that are happening and nobody can stop this gang called the wilson's heights gang and they keep on seeming to be one step ahead of the police robbing jewels banks and everything else so they come to find out that it's your classic story of it's on this piece of property that they're trying to build a railway on. So what better way to lower property value by a high inquiry rate. So businesses will sell low and that way you can build what you want. So they go through all of this and they find out the mastermind is the mayor. So then they've, find out too that they're looking to knock out the power so they knock out the power in the streets and everything else and that's when they 
catch the mastermind, find out he's the mayor, um, and they end up getting the Wilson Heights gang. Classic part in this is Jones, who does a lot of stuff with his mouth, uh, figs being a robot to a guy. So that way he thinks he's a robot and everything else, and it, it's pretty good, and he's like, I'm a robot, kill human. And it's good. Um, nothing too crazy in this one. Uh, nothing really stood out. It's just pretty much same old, same old. And that's pretty much about it. I mean, like I said, it's a drop-off. Once, once Steve Gutenberg leaves, I'll go more into this. So then we're on, and I just got done watching this. Ugh. The last couple were a little hard to swallow. That was a hard pill to swallow. This is, it's not even labeled Police Academy 7, but it's the seventh film. And it's Police Academy Mission to Moscow. And this was released in 1994. It's like five years after the last one. And this one, whew, let me tell you. So in this one, we got Sergeant Larvel Jones, Sergeant Tackleberry, Captain Callahan, Commandant Lassard, Captain Harris. There's no Proctor in this one. And we get this new kind of guy that's supposed to be your Mahoney or the Commandant's nephew, like in Mission Miami Beach and City Under Siege and Cadet Connors. This one is Ron Perlman's actually in this one, and he plays a Russian mob boss, which is pretty awesome. It's pretty weird to see Ron Perlman in this movie. So, this is like got to be the briefest one of all. There's really nothing great about this. I'm going to make it quick. There's some new game. Um, it's highly addictive. They bring Russian police, bring in American police officers from the great Commandant Lassard. And they're supposed to foil Ron Perlman's plans with this game because he's trying to make a game where when you put it in the computer, it has a passcode so that way you can access all the files and once again if you imagine they foil the plans it's, it's some just stupid stuff um, in the beginning of the movie they tell Commandant Lassard to get into the limo in the front he ends up going to a funeral and spending the whole entire time with this Russian family while the rest are trying to foil Ron Perlman's um, plan for this passkey and this is not that great at all matter of fact i think this is probably the one that i played mostly on my phone during and i just wanted this out of my head um but that is pretty much our police academy movies all seven from 1984 to 1994 uh my overall as i've kind of given it out is pretty much the stories all kind of blend together. I don't know if I said that before, but from what I could tell from when I was a kid, I remember stuff from Police Academy 2, thinking it's Police Academy and everything else. But they are a great classic. I'm going to say it's a classic film series by itself because there is a lot of comedy. 
it's part of what I consider a great age of movies, especially around like comedy movies and everything else. I think these are pretty good. Like I said, check them out. I mean, I don't, I couldn't get into as much as I want because I try and keep a decent time on my podcast. But I mean, this is what I got to say is pretty good, pretty good there. And come to find out, only three, three characters have been in all seven of the movies. And that's Mr. Larvel Jones, Tackleberry, and Eric Lassard. So, I mean, out of all those guys, only three have been in every single movie. That's, that's interesting. That's very, very interesting to see. And there was word that uh, in 2018, Steve Gutenberg did announce that there, a new Police Academy film was in the works. He responded to the fans on Twitter saying the next, the next Police Academy is coming. No details yet, but it is in a gift bag being readied. So, I mean, do we need another... Police Academy. That is what I don't understand. Uh, actually, in 2012, New Life Cinema confirmed that there would be an upcoming movie, but we haven't seen anything from there. Uh, in production, a movie due to the beginning of October, but never happened. They offered, been made to Shaquille O'Neal to replace the late Bubba Smith as Hightower. I... That would be interesting. I could see that. Um... But do we need another Police Academy, or should we reboot this? Re- reboot this? I don't think this is a movie where a lot of the gags that we found funny in the 80s... Uh, the first one had a lot of racial overtones and a lot of racial slurs, which I was kind of brought back by. So, I mean, that's the one thing that I'm not sure. I think this is a movie franchise that needs to let be and just lay to rest and we enjoy the way that it is and remember movies from a great decade as well. I mean, I know I enjoyed them as a kid. I enjoyed them now for pretty much the most part. And I'm going to go over some Rotten Potatoes, or Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, I mean, the first one got a 54%. Okay, good. The, the one that I love the most got a 29%. We're back in training, got 40%, and all the rest, 4 through 7, got 0% on a review. Um, I would have to say that's about true. But I really like Police Academy, the first assignment. The first assignment. That was a really good one. Um, it introduced the characters that were really great. And, like, I, I can't get enough over the whole Zeb Bobcat Goldway character because it gives you such a great mix going in there from such an iconic 80s actor, comedian, 
Um, Steve Gutenberg's amazing in these because he had that sly charm into him and everything else. Um, but this was definitely a pretty good one. And the Blue Oyster Bar was only in the first four movies. So, it was actually in the fourth one twice. That's pretty good. But that's where... We, I kind of got to leave this off. These are movies that you definitely got to check out if you're a fan of the 80s movies. Um, and you're you're younger. I, I grew up somewhat in the 80s. I was born in 82. But... These are something you got to check out if you like good slapstick comedy with pranks and everything else. Um, good comedy cop movies. Check them out. The Police Academies, I feel, Police Academy series, I feel, is just a dynamic treasure out there. Um, I've never seen the series, like I said. The cartoon wasn't bad, but I was a kid then. But th this is an absolute treasure. Especially at a time like now where we got plenty of time on our hands. Uh, you could probably get through them all in a day. They're not more than an hour and a half long. Or, you know, break them up throughout the week. There's seven of them. Seven days in a week. One a day. And there you go. You watch them all. And I think you'd be pleasantly happy with them. I know I was. Other than maybe that mission to Moscow. If you want to skip that, skip it. But... Watch the other ones and enjoy and enjoy the characters and everything else. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for today for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I I enjoyed um, watching these movies. <laughs> it brought back some great memories, and it made me think that. This is kind of, like I said, a lost, um, it's a, it's a lost film series. It's definitely a lost film series. Definitely is. Um, I don't really have a quote or anything like that. And that's, I mean, that's, it's something that you definitely got to watch. There's some stuff that stands out, but nothing 100%. So, no quote today for this. Sorry, guys. Sorry, 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 sorry. But I will give you my Truman Show ending and everything else. So, for the Let's Talk, but no politics okay podcast i'm andrew lens saying good morning good afternoon and good night hey anthony yeah chris what are you recording i'm currently recording a vinyl divers podcast vinyl episode. divers what's that vinyl divers is a podcast that i do where i talk Everything music related from bands that are on vinyl that I've collected, uh, old vinyl that I found and purchased, to bands that I am currently listening to on iTunes and Spotify, because guess what? I can't afford all the vinyl that I want. But it's a vinyl podcast. Yes, essentially. 
It's a music podcast that started off as a vinyl podcast. Is there diving involved? There is diving into podcasts and vinyls. Where can I find vinyl divers? Find vinyl divers on the network app, BICVP-radio.com. Sweet. Keep diving.